welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode number 439, I am so happy to finally bring on the show, Emily Lay. I think it's so important to have that because to me, if I don't interrupt the thoughts in my head when I lay down at night with something, they keep going and I, they'll, I'll stay awake. I did it last night. <laughs> like I will stay awake and awake until I make a decision to say like, okay, remind yourself of what is true. This is what is true. And this is what is not true. Emily is the mom of three. She's a best-selling author. And not only that, she runs a company of organizational products and tools called Simplified. And I use her planner. We talk about that in this episode. Today, we also talk about worry spirals. Anyone familiar? It's that thing where you start to worry and it just keeps compounding and you find yourself, your thoughts just cycling and getting yourself stuck. A lot of time and energy worrying. And I don't know about you, but oftentimes this can happen at the end of the day in that quiet space right before you fall asleep and it keeps you from sleeping. So she's going to share just some really practical tips to help you with that and stop the spiraling. I also want to share at the end of the episode just something that God's put on my heart recently and something I'm going to implement and felt compelled to share with you and realized, oh, that really works with this week's episode. But I can't wait to share Emily with you. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Emily, finally, welcome (laughs) to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm so excited to be here. I can't even tell you. I like... I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, don't tell anybody, but I love your podcast. Genuinely. Like, I think it is so, so helpful. So thank you for doing what you do and allowing me to come on. Well, I mean, your name, I've been seeing it forever, including, I told you this, y'all, I had a surreal moment today when I wrote into my um, calendar, my paper calendar. Thank you very much. I still love a paper (laughs) calendar. Uh, 11 a.m. interview, Emily Lay, and it was in... My Simplified Planner, which if you look at the back, it says Simplified by Emily Lay. (laughs) You can't make this stuff up, people. This was a (laughs) moment for me. I was like, wait a second. So you're kind of a big deal in your own right here, Missy. (laughs) I don't know about that. I tell my kids that all the time. I'm like, guys, come on. This is like, your mom's kind of cool. And they're like, mom, just stop. (laughs) No, they don't. They really don't care. They really don't. They They really don't care. They care if you have the clothes they need, the food that they're asking for. Okay. I know I'm supposed to introduce myself and we're going to do that, but I have to tell you something that's really funny. What? What? Prime. Do you know the drink Prime? Totally. all the kids love? Okay. Yeah. So they reached out to me and asked if they could send some product. So now my kids know that I'm a Prime influencer and that sealed the deal. They're like, mom, what do you do for a living? What do you actually do? (laughs) This is awesome. So <laughs> it would be like if Mr. Beast was like, I know, right? "Hey, can we do a video together?" Then you have some credit. That's it. Like then you've then in their eyes, you have made it. It's whatever is valuable to them. Yeah, for sure. This is what I'm saying. Yes, no, and 100. percent There are no rules on when you're going to introduce yourself. <laughs> I was like, I have to divert us for one second. Have you met Heather McFadden? I am the queen. <laughs> Of rabbit trails. Um, But I will, since you did mention your kids, and I know your journey to motherhood has been one where you're, it's a blessing. It has, yes. It very much is. It's a blessing, and it's also been a desperate dependence on Jesus. Yeah. um, In the the way that 
I know moms can relate to that listen to this show. So tell us, introduce us to your people real quick. Yeah. Well, um, I have three children, which honestly, like reflecting back on how we got here is a miracle. Um, My kids are Brady. He's 12 years old. And then I have twins, uh, Tyler and Caroline, and they're eight years old. And they are they're just the best. Like they're so wild. They're into everything. Brian and my husband, Brian, and I always say like, we thought for sure God was going to give us one kid that was like, maybe, maybe the quiet one, like maybe the wallflower, but he did not. We got three big personality kids. They're fantastic. It, yes, it was a, it's a, it was such a journey. It's really wild to reflect back on that time of, you know, we'd just gotten married. We wanted to have a family ride away and it didn't happen for us. Brady, we went through the ringer treatments and everything. And then by God's great surprise, suddenly we had a a baby. And um, he actually was conceived without any treatments at all. It was when we decided to take a break and just let timing be what it is. And then um, our twins were another story. Um, We wanted to have kids really close together. And I was really mad at God that my story was one that wasn't one I could control because I often like to say to God, like, if you would just follow along here, I've got a really good plan and it doesn't really work that way. So our twins are IVF miracles and they're awesome. And I still pinch myself every day. Like that happened and that was a season and like, I am a different mother because of it for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, encouragement to anyone who's listening who might be in the throes of infertility. It's so painful and you're not alone. It's. I feel like we talk about it a little bit more now than than we did than we used to. Um, but yeah, it, it was a whole journey, and and now they're twelve and eight, and I don't know how we got here. Well, and that was what was interesting for me to go on my little journey of learning more about Emily was reading your very raw, vulnerable post from right when you were experiencing the grief and the stages of waiting and the like, never mind, we're not going to go after this. We're just thankful we have a, because the secondary infertility, Ugh. there's so much extra emotion and guilt. Uh, like you're not like I feel the like tension. That. You're not supposed to be sad, right? Because you yeah. have a child as well. One. Yeah. Oh, got all the gots. Um, yeah. And then it's like, what all of the choices and all of the treatments and all of the opinions on what's okay and what's ethical and what's okay for me and what's not okay for you. And so I heard all of that in your writing and then to flip over to your Instagram and boop, there's a little back to school pic <laughs> of them all these kids at seventh and fourth grade. And I was used this analogy. I got it from my husband's cousin that God sees your life. Like I'm holding up this pen right now. And he sees the whole of it at one moment because he's outside of time. And just to think of that blip that like here you were grieving and like oh wow, so unsure, like is this for us? And he's like seeing the whole picture and just the legacy um, of the rest of your life. I've never heard that before. And that is mind blowing. Like It does change things a bit, right? He sees the whole of our life because he's outside of time. And it it was, it was like a blip. But in the moment, it felt like. It was so soul crushing. And I, someone said to me when I was going through it, like, honor your feelings, your feelings that you're feeling, all of them, they're real and they're valid. And it's okay to feel them because there was a lot of guilt, particularly with my twins before they were born or conceived. 
that I felt I felt really guilty. Like I I used to say to myself all the time, like you got one, you got you were so lucky. Mm. I went through a harrowing pregnancy with Brady with a that's a whole other podcast we could do. They told me he may not survive. I mean, it was oh they I mean. Yeah, it's a whole story. They they told me all kinds of things could be wrong with him and that we had all these options. And anyway, he was fine. I spent 40 weeks worrying, but he is healthy and beautiful and wonderful. And he is a miracle in many ways. But that is the core of what we're going to talk to today, yeah. right? There right. are these worry spirals Ugh, yes. that we moms get into and they probably will pop up. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, when we're finally not distracted by what I call the pinball machine of needs, like whether it's needs of work or needs of spouse or needs of friends, like we're just boop, 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 all day, mm-hmm. the pinball machine gets unplugged. We lay down and it's like, oh. Your brain no. opens up and no, all of the brain. worries and anxieties come out. All of Yeah. I, I think the entirety of my life, I've been a perfectionist. Which has served me really well in some areas. Like I will out- You have a beautiful planner because of it. <laughs> right. Thank so you. beautiful. I will I yeah. will work so hard. Like I will I can outwork just about anybody, but hard work and perfectionism doesn't always get you what you want. And so I tend to do that. I tend to lay down at night and my brain will just start unpacking like Oh, here's here's all the things that you can't control that you should be concerned about. Here's all the things you said today that you maybe could have said better. Here's the thing that happened 13 years ago uh, that that maybe you should worry about right now. You know, it's it is. I have been an anxious person and a perfectionist type person, and I, I've met a lot of women who can relate to that for a lot of reasons. I think we all have a little bit of that in us, you know. Yeah, but that perfectionism. Let's talk for a second. Like the lie there is. What? What do you believe is true when you are pursuing things that that need to be perfect? I think the lie that we believe is that in order for us to do a good job at something or love something well, I remind myself a lot like you're like this not because you're something's wrong with you. You're like this because you care a lot about a lot of things. And that's not a bad thing. But I've told myself time and time again that in order to be good at something or do a good job or love someone well or love, you know, my roles well, it has to be done perfectly. And that's just not, it's just not true. Because if it's done perfectly, then? Then I will be enough. You will be. So that's like worth is tied to doing it perfectly. For sure. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Like identity and like being are ultimately the drivers and yours is also tied to loving people well, which not everybody's perfectionism is, but yeah, to you it's a sign of that. Yeah. I have had to learn over the years that perfect can be the enemy of good. You know, mm-hmm. when you chase perfection in something, let's say, for instance, a Halloween party. <laughs> Somehow, I told we're not approving you- or unapproving Halloween people. Oh, yeah, the DMs. Okay, a holiday party. I holiday party. Okay, I good. Told, thank you. I told thank the you teachers, for saving me. Right. I told the teachers <laughs> I I need to retire from room motherhood this year. Yeah. I've been room mom okay. year and year and year over again. Somehow, way I'm, to go! By the way, well, somehow I'm room mom. By the way, I don't know how I said that. I ended up. Oh, I know it, how. I just I know right. How. <laughs> I ended up. You're there. like nobody else is going to do it. I'll right. do it. Yeah. So I I tend to I tend to overthink and overplan and you know trying to do holiday parties and whatnot. 
I have to remind myself that like it's okay to do a good job at something and let that be enough. It doesn't have to be an over-the-top perfect job at something. Kids' birthday parties, for example. <laughs> Let's go down that rabbit hole. My my son's first birthday party, he had his, the invitations were wooden laser-cut silhouettes of his head with screen-printed words and custom-tied bow ties around the neck. The second birthday party was chicken nuggets and uh, my sister-in-law dressed up as Elmo. <laughs> so, you know, I think I think with as time goes on, we we start to learn that like loving somebody well or loving a job well and, and doing a good job, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be it just has to have your heart in it, you know. There are so many things as moms that we want to do well and I don't know what pressures you put on yourself, but one thing that I find really valuable for our family is when I can gather everyone around the table. And bonus points if what I'm feeding them is actually going to help fuel their bodies and that it's delicious. And one thing that has helped me hit all those goals is HelloFresh. And I don't know if you've ever tried these meal plans before, but to me, HelloFresh is perfect for our family. It comes to the door, like I said. I also can go in and choose what fits, I think, our what our family likes to eat. I can choose four meals and they come packaged in like these brown bags with a really pretty recipe card that I can use to show the boys what's for dinner. There's also the holidays are coming and I know with the chaos and the hectic schedules of holidays, it's nice to get some of HelloFresh's 15-minute meals that come. It's a real quick option to get a wholesome meal on the table, and it often takes less time than getting delivery. It also is one less errand I have to run. If I know that dinner is taken care of by HelloFresh, I'm not having to wait in long grocery store lines, and I'm saving money because this is also the time of year where everything is so expensive. Everything is going out the window with uh, all the different presents you have to get. So again, HelloFresh is checking all the boxes for me. I would love if you could try it out. And so thankfully, HelloFresh is offering y'all a deal. They want you to go to HelloFresh.com slash DMA free. Use that code DMA free and you're going to get free breakfast for life. That means one breakfast item for every box of your active subscription. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash DMA free with the code DMA free. You're going to find out why I believe HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. You said don't sacrifice the good to chase the perfect is another way to say it. Like yeah, perfect can be the enemy of good. Like when you're in that place, what are some truths you tell yourself to combat that lie of perfect? Like are these the truth? Like it's good enough, Emily. Move mm-hmm. on. <laughs> it is. Yeah. For yeah. me, I think it's important to have in your back pocket those kinds of truths that you can tell yourself. For me, the number one for me is – you're not bad because you're a perfectionist. Mm. You just love, you love a lot of things a lot. Mm. You're a big feeler and you love a lot of things. And typically it's all at the same time. So, you know, when the the mommy guilt happens with work-life balance or, you know, having this job that I'm doing, having these kids that I love and care for and this home I need to take care of, it's not bad that I want to do a good job at all of them. It's because I love them all a lot. 
you know? And so like reframing things that way and, and having that truth in my pocket that I can bring up to myself when I start to spiral a little bit is important. And yes, Emily, you are enough. You're not too much. God is for you. Like he's for you. I'm adding God can see the entirety of your life. And this is this is a part of it. I'm adding it because that's brilliant. You're adding you're adding it. Yeah, I'm adding no, it. it is. Yes. Because like we were saying, okay, what can happen if we do have that perfectionism or perfection is the goal? Mm-hmm. And then we've gone through our day and it builds and it builds and it builds. And so if we do have that as the goal and we get to the end of it, of course, in the reflection, we're going to find the holes and what fell short. And we're and and I will say just to present another version of where worry can creep in. For me, I'm in the season with teens and middle schoolers where there's a lot of fears of the path they might be on or the decisions they may be making that I cannot control. Like when you get into that season of these people are outside of my home and they're driving themselves and it's like you can lay down at the end of the day and now my mind isn't what have I done that is falling short? <laughs> like, right. What could they do that's falling short? And again, I have to go back to the pen analogy and be like, okay, God sees the whole. He like these sentences, which I'm going to share that you journaled one night, God is for me. But then to, in the situation where you may be worrying about your kids, God is for Brady. God is for Carolyn. God has not forgotten Brady. God has not forgotten Carolyn. <laughs> God mm-hmm. hears, I'm forgetting Tyler. God hears my prayers for Brady. God is near Brady at night. You know what I mean? Like personalizing these for your kids. Yeah, I, I do. I, I think it's so important to have that because to me, if I don't interrupt the thoughts in my head when I lay down at night, with something they just keep they keep going and i they'll i'll stay awake i did it last night <laughs> like i will stay awake and awake until i make a decision to say like okay remind yourself of what is true this is what is true and this is what is not true and that's you know that's why i think it's just so important to have those in your back pocket and the ones i listed god is for me god has not forgotten me he hears my prayers he's near to me at night those came to you in a season of worry and you wrote them down and it's kind of like mm-hmm. ones you go back to. Tell us that story. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's happened to me many times in my life <laughs> where I've had to go back to those. <laughs> um, so that season, it was mid-2017. That season can really be summed up in a lot of things in my life were growing and they were mm-hmm. all good. Nothing was yeah. Nothing bad was happening. It was my company was exploding, like doubling that year. We were in 800 uh, retail stores around the world, Simplified was, which is nuts. Like it was just so that's big. It's crazy. Like numbers, we, I'm, I'm like numbers are always crazy, but like that's a crazy number. Yeah, yeah. We were in 800 retail stores. We had this booming business online where we were connecting, you know, direct to consumer. And then I had babies. Um, 2017, the babies were two at the time. And then Brady was, he would have been six. So we had very small children. We lived in Tampa where we had no family. But I was I was keeping the, the wheels spinning. I was keeping all the plates spinning. I was trying really hard to do a really perfect job at both of them. And I had this 
serious guilt for being a working mother, to, okay. to be honest. Very a relatable. A lot of my friends had children and um, had the option, the opportunity to stay home, to, to make their home their full-time career, and I did too, and I chose to do both, and I had a lot of guilt about that. And so I had to remind myself it, it, with those words, God is for you. God is not against you. Like this, this is but a season. But I also had to make some big decisions. And I had to rely on God really, really heavily during that because we decided to cut 40% of our revenue that year and close our wholesale business. I was on airplanes left and right. I was on, I was at trade shows. I was just trying to do it all, right? And And I couldn't the whole reason I started my company in the first place was to have flexibility as a mother because my mom was a teacher and had a very long and passionate career in in that. And I wanted to have a long and passionate career and also have flexibility, which doesn't really exist outside of creating it for yourself. And so we made the decision to close 40% of our business. And the next year, by the grace of God, we doubled our company, even with cutting all of that. That's like that's like an only God kind of a I'm not a blessing like, you know, proponent, yeah. but at the same time, I feel like he sees where our deepest fears can be. He, does. he invites us into a <laughs> more freedom. But if we like white knuckle like, no, 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 this is the path. This is This is the, what I want. Yeah. This is the formula that everybody else is saying, logic is saying, and it's like It's it's me shaking my fists again and saying, But God, I had a really good plan. Like, <laughs> can we just do it? And he's like, you, no, because my I felt him leading me to connect in you know, want more of a one-on-one type of a way, directly would be the correct word, uh, to connect directly with our customers, to be able mm. to provide education and inspiration and encouragement community to them. And I couldn't do it with a retailer between us. So it was a very, very difficult season of like, what matters most? How are we going to move forward? Are we going to, are we going to trust God here? Are we going to keep trying to white knuckle it and do it ourselves? And um, it was probably the most pivotal year of my career thus far. And as a mom. (laughs) And as a mom. Yeah. So you're going through all this, you're going through the like, work-life balance and that's where your mind was spinning and spiraling on worry. And one thing I want moms to hear through your story is for themselves to take those thoughts captive. And I know you have an evening ritual, but I think what I heard you say in it from what I'm reading here too is that you had a journal near your bed. Mm -hmm. So possibly, and even I also heard something else in your routine, which I want you to share about where your phone is, but a journal, and it may be a good practice to write down, okay, what exactly am, is my brain worrying about right now? Yeah. And put it on paper, and then a simple prayer of, God, what do you want me to know? Right. I think that it's so important to have a way to empty out the worries somehow. And for me, that's that's writing and journaling. My brain, kind of like we talked about, it tends to spin and it tends to get really cluttered. And I think about 5,000 things at one time, particularly. I don't think you're alone in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think about it, I tend to be really um, methodical in the way I I approach it, like that overwhelmed feeling. Um, And I think about it like a junk drawer. Like if you're going to declutter or clean out or organize anything, you're going to approach it the same way. This goes for your calendar. It goes for a junk drawer. It goes for your brain. You're going you're gonna to empty it. 
So you have a junk drawer, you empty the junk drawer, you wipe it down, you add some structure back in, and you put in the best, the favorite, and the necessary, and you get rid of the rest, right? So that's how you organize a junk drawer. When it comes to your overall That was a good thing, tip for me because right? I don't get it. I have a lot of drawers in <laughs> Best, to be favorite, up. necessary is what we always say. Best, you keep. favorite, necessary. Yep. Everything else. For goes. calendars. Yeah. For drawers. And your brain. Best, favorite, necessary. Okay. Yeah. Put it down. So folks. like- with your brain, if you we call it a brain dump. Um, I tend to do it at the end of every workday and sometimes every night. Dump all the things down. I have one right here. Like dump it all down on a piece of paper. And it can be anything from I think it's time to get my oil changed to my kid had a his braces might be broken in the back and we need to let check on that tomorrow. Like whatever it is, just write all the things down and it helps you to take inventory of your brain right? What's going on? Then if it's not best favorite or necessary, if it's if you're worrying about what you said to that girl junior year of high school and how ridiculous you looked when you said it, you can let that go. You know, we can we can set that aside. I can go and donate that. We can trash that. Yeah, Yeah. It's best favorite necessary that you're keeping. So, you know, getting your oil changed is pretty necessary. So you keep that. You take that little bit of information and you organize it. You add it to your to-do list. You take the braces might be broken. We need to check it out. You add it to your to-do list. So you're kind of sorting like you would a junk drawer. And that's how I use a journal at night to go through everything, particularly when I'm feeling overwhelmed. And then once it's out, it's like I've done something with it. And some of those things might be like existential worries, which is also okay. But it means like maybe there's something I can do with that. You know, if I'm Mm. particularly worried about a child making friends, maybe that I need to take that to God in prayer. Maybe I need to have a conversation with the teacher to see if there's any ways we can encourage some things. Um, Maybe I need to talk to my kid. But like putting those things down, it helps you do something with it rather than letting them spiral through your head. Yeah. No, that's really good. That's really good. And then I I do think it's like when I do that and then I stop and I pray, Lord, bring to mind what you want me to know. Mm -hmm. And that's when these – you can borrow Emily's. God is for me. God has not forgotten me. He hears Mm -hmm. my prayers. He's near me at night. Or you can say, God, what what do you want me to know? And write that down for yourself. I love that. And some truth. Yeah. And it's also when you journal like that, it's so interesting to look back on it. Because, like, now I can look back and I can see all the ways that he was. He was right there. Even if things didn't work out. And there have been many things in my life that I prayed hard for that didn't work out. But, like, looking back, it's like, oh, I see it. You saw the whole of my life and not just the minute I was in. So before you get to the journaling, do share a little bit of your nighttime ritual. Because I like to learn from very organized people like yourself because I am a flibberty gibbet and I'm not (laughs) organized. I try to be I try to be really good about these good habits, these rituals. Um I'm not perfect at it by any stretch. But I I've <laughs> That's good found... because perfection would be getting right. in the way. Unattainable. Okay. Yeah. Mm-mm. Um I also have a preteen that I'm trying to help develop some good habits. Um Oh, bless. <laughs> right? There's a book called Atomic Habits. It's really yeah. um scientific and helpful if you're looking for a good one. But what I found is having it written down, even though it seems like sometime I'll look I'll look at my post-it note in the inside of my bathroom, you know, 
cabinet uh, door and I'll think like, this is kind of obvious, Emily, like this is what you need to do. But if I don't see it, half the time I'm not going to do it. I'm going to forget because my brain is like yours. I'll be like, ooh, squirrel, you know, or like, oh, vitamins. That sounds like a good idea, but oh, I'm out of something and I should add that to the list. And here we go. 10 minutes later, we've forgotten. So I do have it written down. It changes all the time. But in the evening, I have found that there are a lot of ways that we try to calm ourselves down and wind down that are not healthy. There's lots of them. And I wanted to make sure my evening routine was something that was sustainable, that I could keep, you know, continue to do for a long period of time, and also something that like honored my mind and body and, you know, gave me a minute after the kids were in bed. So I like to pick up the house at night. I walk around with a laundry basket, just the like living room and kitchen. I walk with a laundry basket. I throw everything in that doesn't belong. If I have the energy, I will dump said basket out, sort it by room, put it away. I do it with a basket because it just goes faster. It's less like back and forth and back and forth. Um, If I don't have time, I put it in the corner and I come back to it at another time. Then I will go, I take a bath every night. I love a good bath. It's like my favorite way to just, it tells my brain and my body like it's bedtime. It's time to calm down and wind down. I try to remember to plug my phone in in my closet. Um, About two years ago, I purchased a just an extra charger for my closet and it's out of the bedroom. It's out of my hands. I turn on do not disturb at seven and it comes back on at 7 a.m. Side note, if you've never done that before, it's life changing. (laughs) And the set, the do not disturb function on an iPhone, you can set it to where if your favorites call you or particular people, then it will still come through. So like my parents were to call, it will still ring that that sort of thing. Um, Having that, phone out of my hand is really helpful because I will work until it's, you know, until it's time for my eyes to close. (laughs) Um, And it's not good for my brain at night. So I put that away. I love to, you know, like we said, just a quick like couple of minutes of journaling or just getting the thoughts out of my head, getting the to-dos down on a piece of like, I love a piece of paper. I love my phone. I love, I still use iCal for work. Like I love all that stuff, but I I own a planner company and it's paper and I love a piece of paper where I can write it down, cross it off, that sort of thing. Um, It just feels more tangible to me to know that it's there. So that's it. And then obviously like the skincare stuff and all that's worked in there. But then I try to go to bed. I'm an early to bed, early riser. So I'm pretty much usually asleep by like 9, 930 at night. And I know there are moms listening they're like so yeah. jealous of this. Oh, I get it. For sure. I get it. And there's yeah. seasons <laughs> and I know like when I had a five, three, one, and newborn. Like these are not the seasons for no. these luxurious evening routines. I get it. I but, love that you said that because I, I have yeah. people ask me all the time, like I have a newborn. What's the best routine? What's the best nighttime routine for me? And I'm like, no, this is not the season. This is not the season of organizing your life. Of any- This is the season of loving the season you're in and just rolling with it. Like lay down on the couch, put that little baby on your chest, watch your show on repeat. Just give yourself the gift because it is so fast. You feel like you're in it forever and you're not. It's so, it really is so quickly. Well, I think like with my first newborn, I felt that like this pressure to like 
do all the things and be all the things. And then by the fourth, I was like, okay, what show am I going to binge when I have this newborn <laughs> and nighttime meetings? There's like, so much HGTV to catch up yes, on. <laughs> yes. I think I watched ER just every yeah. night. I'd be like, okay, I get my next episode of ER ready to go. Yeah. But I just, yeah, it's it's being all in on that and, and releasing the pressure. You don't have to have that um, all sorted out at this stage and that's okay. Yeah, Freedom. for sure freedom there um okay before i have to let you go speaking of you mentioned just really quickly that you're helping your kids with some of their habits and i was even thinking like you were saying picking up and putting in the basket i thought well one friend was saying she had heard at the end of the day it was just like everybody goes around and picks up like including them if they are in the elementary even preschool you could do this stage. Um, and the other thing I saw recently was the noticing what needs to be done. Have you seen that little post going around Instagram? No, tell me that more. That instead of a chore chart, teaching your kids, it's called notice and do. So it's like teaching them to notice what needs to be done and doing it because they said that's a lot of the weight, the mental load of moms is they're noticing, 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 noticing. Oh, it's my like gosh. like if we can teach our kids because I have a husband who is a notice and do type personality he notices the gr- the trash is full he takes out the trash he notices the dishes are done he does I don't the dishes. like I don't have that and, <laughs> and I think that it's part of it is being raised by people who are just like teaching you to know this needs to be done and we just all chip in and we do it anyway so you created over a summer I think is this right am I getting this right yeah and all- honestly y'all there's another break coming up winter break you could implement this for a little mini but you called it how to be a person camp and it went a little crazy, yeah. a little viral. It, it yeah. was wild. Talk about that. <laughs> so I shared it two summers ago and suddenly okay. uh, another woman shared it recently and it all, just, the whole thing went viral and I had like Good Morning America and the Daily Mail and ABC News in my inbox in one day. It was wild. That's um, crazy. But yeah, it's just this, it's, we call it how to be a person camp. We started it. Gosh, I think it was like during the pandemic that I started doing it. Uh, my kids were tiny and we were home for the summer with nowhere to go and we couldn't go to our usual summer camps and that kind of thing. And so I said, there's some like it was that really busy stage of motherhood where they were f- my twins were four and Brady was eight. And I was like, you guys are getting to be old enough where you can start you can start taking on a little bit more. I don't need to be doing everything for you. And my dad had always said to me, and still does, you're raising adults. You're not raising them to be grown children. You're raising them to be adults. So teach them the things they need to know to be functioning adults. So I made a list of all all these random things that I was like, you need to know how to make a sandwich. You need to know how to empty the dishwasher. I need to make sure you know how to actually brush your teeth and do a good job. (laughs) So... I just made this list and then we, you know, every day or every couple days we would focus on one of these things and we would deep dive, like only one per day um, when we did the teeth brushing thing. Because, you know, they'll come to you and be like, I brushed my teeth. And you're like, no, yeah. you didn't. <laughs> um, and they're like, well, I wet the toothbrush and put it in my mouth. That's not brushing your teeth. <laughs> so um, like that day. There's a lot we- of moms listening right now. They're like, wait, what? Wait, what? I thought right? when I told them to, I was that was checking off my list. Like, right? follow-up I need to do yeah seriously I've been to the dentist I know I mean when they're yeah. like they have a billion cavities what they brush their teeth every they brush night their teeth. Mm. they're like no Maybe they're not, not brushing them Maybe so not. we went we did this deep dive we watched YouTube videos okay. of 
like what how cavities form and how to brush your teeth this one we had a ton of time on our hands by the way um you know how to brush your teeth and then we would like we would practice with the timer like this is what two minutes feels like and here's how you floss and let me show you and because we do that in the early days when we're teaching them how to use a toothbrush but then we don't really for me i didn't really follow up i thought i showed you once you know how to do it so um that one was fun and then like making a sandwich emptying the dishwasher as a mom, I would be like, I'm overwhelmed. There's so many things I have to do. But like, if I take the time to help every person in my family understand the expectation of a task, then it's helpful for me and for them. And so um, it's so fun. I thought my kids were going to be like, this is awful. Not at all. They think it is so cool. And they constantly ask, like, when are we going to do how to be a person camp? When are we going to do another thing? One of the things I taught them was how to sign their name because they're oh, not yeah. really taught, except for a little blip in third grade, they're not really taught, at least at our school, cursive writing. And so my oldest had to sign a paper for school and he was like, what do I do? And I was like, you don't know how to sign your name. So teach them how to sign their names. Um, there's so many different things. And it's different for every family and different age groups and that sort of things. But, you know, writing down a list of things you want your kids to know how to do. Um, my list is constantly growing. It's it's really fun. And they they think it's really cool. It makes my life easier. Well, and they're in the perfect stage. Yeah, they I think. are. Like where they still think you're cool. And Yes. And they're willing to learn from you. Yes. Because there is a point where they're like, you're dumb. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing and I can do it you better. Have, you've never yeah. tied a shoe before, mom. You don't want to turn <laughs> um, so I'm looking uh, – there's a book right behind me. I just remembered. It's called – I think it's called Raising Them Right. I don't know. It literally has stages and it has checklists in it if you guys oh, need like so cool. an additional resource. I mean, Emily's yeah. got you covered. I even think I saw in there the electric slide. So there's important so skills. <laughs> love that you brought that up. <laughs> so I did not learn the electric slide until I was an adult. And there was, okay. and I was a dancer, by the way, for 15 oh. years. But for whatever oh. reason, the electric slide passed skipped. me by. Yeah. Right. And it never occurred to me to like, learn it. This and I, We didn't have the internet. Like, I couldn't just Google it. So there were many, many a wedding that I stood on the side during the electric slide because I didn't know it. And so I taught you need to know the this electric slide. So it's, that's one These of are them. good skills. Yeah. That's hilarious. See, <laughs> it's like there's a story. There's always a story behind our own. Always a you story. Know, our own little traumas, mini traumas. <laughs> um, I think it's fantastic. Where could they – I mean, we'll put links in the show notes, but it's through your sub stack that they could find more about that? Yes. There is a sub stack post. Uh, it's emilylay.substack.com. Um, yeah, it's called How to Be a Person Camp. And it's it's so fun. Try it with your kids. And if you think of something that I haven't added, I think the list we have right now has 54 on it. There's oh a printable goodness. over there too that you can print out by age group. But like, let me know if there's more that I need to know about because we're constantly growing the list. Well, and like I said, it's it's holiday time. It's a great time. Why it is. Not? Like I think I saw your daughter learning how to wrap a gift. Like she this, did. This is yeah. a good skill. She's Put a them good to work, gift people. Too. Yeah. Yes. We need because more people in the house that know how to do that. This is right, and mm -hmm. mine will do this thing because we're. I'm going to ask you a holiday question in a second, but they'll do this thing where they buy each other. Like, so I have four boys, so one boy will buy a gift for the other three, and then they're in charge of like keeping it a secret and. Um, wrapping it. I mean, they're I low budget gifts, but yeah. the wrapping hmm, <laughs> leaves a little Listen, bit. My hey, but they're trying it. 
They're I trying mean, it. My 43-year-old husband still asks my mom to come over and wrap presents for me. <laughs> See, <laughs> for like his real. gift to me. Oh, well, and then you have the bag, so you can just like throw it in. The- I think I get a lot of presents in bags um, from my husband and boys. But okay, so I was opening my little simplified planner to end our little time together. And for November, the tip, because y'all, if you don't have a simplified planner, I know this is not why you're on here, but I'm going to promote <laughs> it. Um, it says, make a list of three holiday memories you'd like to make this year with the people you love and schedule them. Yeah. I saw it real quick and I was like, Yes, this is how we simplify the holidays. Yeah. Three. Three memories. Just three. We probably can't remember more than that anyway. Right. But it takes the pressure off this idea that we have to do all the things because December and November are so busy. They just, things keep coming and coming and like, and not just with family, but like work thing. There's just so much. So I think taking the pressure off yourself and saying like, you know what? We want to go see the Christmas lights downtown. We want to, you know, whatever it is, bake cookies as a family together. Write those things down and put them on a date. Don't just remember it in your brain that like, I'd like to do that because that's another task you have to do is actually making it happen. Put it on the calendar and then you can just like let yourself off the hook for all the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be like, well, I picked my three. I'm sorry. You already picked my three, right? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe your fourth is like not doing all the things would be your memory. Just not. Just being present. Yeah. Well, I am so thankful for you and for coming on today and just guiding us. I know there are a lot of gals that can relate to the struggle you shared about wanting to do things so well and just letting them off the hook a little bit. Um, Definitely all check out all of Emily's books. (laughs) You've written a plethora in your spare time. Yeah. But the newest one, Near in the Night, if you are looking just for a place to get your mind right, to get some truths up in there before you hit the pillow because we you do need to sleep. Okay, y'all? Yeah. That's just, sleep is good your, at all sleep ages. Sleep is good at all <laughs> ages. Um, but thank you so much for being with me thank today. Thank you. Oh, it was so such a fun. joy. Thank you for having me. Okay, thanks y'all for listening. And I said I was going to share with you what has been on my heart and it's kind of twofold. One, uh, I heard a sermon by my pastor Neil Tomba on Sunday and he it was just like something in me my spirit my soul was reminded and a fire was lit that our intercessory prayers do matter just talking about Abraham and his journey with God and how when we pray we're choosing to partner with God and the saving work that he's doing and this isn't just a waste of our time and energy it really matters And so I was encouraged in that. And then I was having coffee with my friend, Amy, and she was sharing how their birthday is 11-11, her twins, and how she sets an alarm to go off at 11-11. And no matter where she is and if she's with people, she invites them to join her and she prays for her kids. And she has, her kids are older, but she's texted with them what specific things can she pray for them. And it was just an inspiration to me in conjunction with the sermon that I heard that I get to intercede on behalf of my children. And this isn't a controlling, like I'm trying to make my will happen through prayer. This is a moment of surrender. And I think honestly, it releases the worry. It's a passing them back over to God. And to do that in an intentional way through setting these alarms so that then I don't have the guilt of like, oh my gosh, I forgot to pray again. It just felt like the two things coincided to just be a really sweet, practical thing for me to implement. And who knows how long it'll last. Y'all know guilt on these things. And 
this may not be for you. But I just like to share my journey with you and the stage that I'm in and the things God is teaching me. And who knows what it will inspire for you. I'm actually going to pray for us right now. So here we go. Lord, I thank you that you are capable and good and loving and kind and that you choose to commune with us, that you hear the cries for justice from the oppressed and you hear our pleas for you to make things right in this world and you know our desire for our kids to live lives connected with you walking with you and it is your desire as well and so lord i pray that wherever our worries are whatever our fears are whatever inadequacies we sense in ourselves or failings we have that we can hand those back over to you god that we can believe that you fill in the gaps that we can trust you in each moment and any time the enemy tries to get in our mind and discourage us and make us feel like we are messing everything up that you continue to remind us that we're not that powerful, but you are God and that you are capable of redeeming, restoring all things. I say it all the time, Lord, but that's because it's true. And we pray in these times, whenever fear starts to creep in, that we would come to you in our prayers, Lord. I pray for each mom or dad listening, that they would feel your comfort and your care right now in this moment and whatever hard they are facing. In Jesus' name, amen. Men. Thanks y'all for joining me this week. Um, actually, next week I think I'm gonna do something a little different. I won't even tell you about it, but I, I really think it's gonna be fun. So join me back here next week. And if you want to stay connected, remember every Tuesday I send out a little note. I say what I'm loving, some recipes that I'm enjoying, and maybe a thing or two that I put in my cart on Amazon. Uh, you just sign up for that over at olaheather.com and it'll pop in your inbox on Tuesdays. All right. See you next week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.